Are they what they claim to be, students of natural law, of ancient and modern philosophy, and even of exact science? Are they deists, atheists, socialists, materialists, or idealists? Or are they but a schism of modern spiritualism, mere visionaries? Are they entitled to any consideration as capable of discussing philosophy and promoting real science, or should they be treated with the compassionate toleration which one gives to harmless enthusiasts? The Theosophical Society has been variously charged with a belief in miracles and miracle-working, with a secret political object like the Carbonari, with being spies of an autocratic czar, with preaching socialistic and nihilistic doctrines, and mirabil dictu with having a covert understanding with the French Jesuits to disrupt modern spiritualism for pecuniary consideration. With equal violence, they have been denounced as dreamers by the American positivists, as fetish worshippers by some of the New York press, as revivalists of moldy superstitions by the spiritualists, as infidel emissaries of Satan by the Christian Church, as the very types of gobemouche by Professor W. B. Carpenter, F.R.S., and finally, and most absurdly, some Hindu opponents, with a view to lessening their influence, have flatly charged them with the employment of demons to perform certain phenomena. Out of all this pother of opinions, one fact stands conspicuous. The society, its members, and their views are deemed of enough importance to be discussed and denounced. Men slander only those whom they hate or fear. But if the society has had its enemies and traducers, it has also had its friends and advocates. For every word of censure there has been a word of praise. Beginning with a party of about a dozen earnest men and women, a month later its numbers had so increased as to necessitate the hiring of a public hall for its meetings. Within two years it had working branches in European countries. Still later it found itself in alliance with the Indian Arya Samaj, headed by the learned Pandit Dayanand Saraswati Swami and the Ceylonese Buddhists, under the erudite H. Sumangala, high priest of Adams Peak and president of the Widyodaya College, Colombo. He who would seriously attempt to fathom the psychological sciences must come to the sacred land of ancient Aryavarta. None is older than she in esoteric wisdom and civilization, however fallen may be her poor shadow modern India. Holding this country as we do for the fruitful hotbed whence proceeded all subsequent philosophical systems, to this source of all psychology and philosophy a portion of our society has come to learn its ancient wisdom and ask for the impartation of its weird secrets. Philology has made too much progress to require at this late date a demonstration of this fact of the primogenitive nationality of Aryavart. The unproved and prejudiced hypothesis of modern chronology is not worthy of a moment's thought, and it will vanish in time like so many other unproved hypotheses. The line of philosophical heredity, from Capilla through Epicurus to James Mill, from Patanjali through Plotinus to Jacob Bohm, can be traced like the course of a river through a landscape. One of the objects of the Society's organization was to examine the two transcendent views of the spiritualists in regard to the powers of disembodied spirits, and, having told them what, in our opinion at least, a portion of their phenomena are not, it will become incumbent upon us now to show what they are. So apparent is it that it is in the East, and especially in India, 
that the key to the alleged supernatural phenomena of the spiritualists must be sought, that it has recently been conceded in the Allahabad Pioneer, August 11, 1879, an Anglo-Indian daily journal which has not the reputation of saying what it does not mean. Blaming the men of science who, intent upon physical discovery, for some generations have been too prone to neglect superphysical investigation, it mentions the new wave of doubt, spiritualism, which has latterly disturbed this conviction.